Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on this Monday morning, the 4th of September. So much to get through this morning on a very busy Monday morning. We're going to talk with Chris Todd, the Managing Director and CEO of the Santa Catrudis Association uh, Dunlop sale over the weekend, unbelievable. We'll get to that very shortly as well. We're also going to talk with Yolandi Woods, um, a lady from Gundawindi who has started a global business uh, and just how she can go about trying to make changes and what it is doing for the rural sector. And it's an unbelievable story and you can get involved in anything you like it doesn't matter where you're from. So much to get through as well this morning when we talk. We're going to catch up with David Littleproud. We're going to look at the Rugby League semi-finals as well and much, much more. A very good morning to everybody listening to us through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, good morning, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers in the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. So much to get through this morning. A big, big show for everybody this morning. You can get in contact with me at any time you like. Dobbo at ruralqldtoday.com.au. Like us on our Facebook page. You can like that as well. So much to get through. Let's get into it. Rural Queensland today. You're with Ben Dobbin across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Monday morning, the 4th of September. David Littleproud is the Nationals leader and he joins us this morning on Rural Queensland today. David, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Happy Father's Day for yesterday. Um, always a, an important day. Uh, mate, I just wanted to, to have a chat to you first up. Uh, Johnny Farnham's now come on board. Well, no, the rights to his song, The Voice, and they are trying everything, every possible way to get this up. But a new poll released today shows that there is a real, I suppose, resistance to that yes vote, and it looks like if you go off polling that the no vote looks like it's going to get up. Yeah, mate, look, this is more than a catchy tune uh, from the 80s. This is an important change to our constitution that not every Australian got to have a say on in devising, and that's the problem is Anthony Albanese is overreached. Uh, he didn't have a constitutional convention where Australians should come and actually look at the intent of what was trying to be changed here. In fact, he just listened to 250 Indigenous Australians and didn't give anyone else a say in it. Uh, and now they are getting a say. They've got real concerns. They've got real concerns. Even if you look at the song, You're the Voice, uh, it, in the main line of that is you're the voice, try to understand it. Well, Australians don't understand the proposal because the Prime Minister isn't prepared to provide the details of what this change is. Uh, he's hiding that and he's saying to the Australian people, I'll show you that after we have a vote. I'll put that into Parliament and, and you'll all know what it is then. But this is their constitution. This is their change, not Anthony Albanese's. So he's misread it and, and unfortunately he's conflated constitutional recognition with a, another layer of bureaucracy. Uh, and it's not a new model. We've done this before. It was called ATSIC. And we live with the failures of that, particularly the scars of that in rural and remote Australia, where it didn't close the gap and where the gap is still the largest. And that's why we, as Nat said, nearly 12 months ago that we couldn't support this proposal. One, because it's not a new model. It's one we've done before. It failed us before uh, in a representative body. But secondly, we believe in a key tenet of this country that no matter your race or your religion, we're all equal in this country. And we've all got an equal voice uh, through our democratic institutions. And that's, that should be equally shed through. And proudly, all 26 million of us have that equal voice. And proudly, our nation's elected 11 Indigenous Australians in this parliament, not 
to represent Indigenous Australia, to represent us all. That's the tenet of our country that's made us so great. I think uh, the way that it's going is that uh, this Prime Minister will divide our country. Uh, he already has. You only have to look at the polls for the first time today. News polls showing that there's a tick over of 53% are going to vote no. Uh, and alarmingly for them, the demographics where the vote was uh, for yes was the strongest is starting to flip as well. So, Well, no one look, knows, mate. We're not a racist country. We're just no. not. We, we, we actually understand our heritage and we actually understand that we are one but we are many. There's a song about it. Yeah. And what yeah. we what this is doing is this is actually dividing us. Um, I've never – like I work every day um, in, in Brisbane and close friends are divided on this. It, it, it's the point where you don't want to talk to anybody about it. You, you, I mean that. You, people just like, you know, just don't want to have a conversation about it. And um, – I actually think it's a um, it, it's such a divisive thing. I, I see that Peter Dutton has come out and he said, "Look, if we do win, they will get recognition in the constitution. There's no two ways about it. But it won't be it won't be the way they're going with this. It, you know, it's going to be handled properly." Yeah, and, and and mate, that comes back to the fact that we haven't had a constitutional convention where Australians get to have a say about what the intent of the change to our constitution is and. You know, I think had it been a simple question, and the Prime Minister has been told on numerous occasions from both myself and Peter Dutton uh, that you simply need to, to isolate this to constitutional recognition, you'll get overwhelming support, uh, so long as it's done through due process, because that constitutional convention means that we get together the best minds in the country, and what they do is they make sure they devise the, the change and the question so it doesn't have unintended consequences, like we've got with this thing, where we've got lawyers at 100 paces looking at one another, saying we're going to see you in the high court after it, because um, the, the the reach and the scope of the voice is so far reaching that it'll end up in court. And, and the only way, when you've got lawyers that disagree with one another, the only way to arbitrate that is through the courts. So unfortunately, the Prime Minister has ignored this. Uh, and, and, and look, I think my job and Peter Dutton's job is to make sure that we show political leadership, that we know victory lap if this does lose, uh, from the Nationals in particular. We've been very mature, even though we got our position out before everyone else. It's from our lived experience that we got to our position before everybody else, that, that a representative body didn't work last time and it won't work again. Uh, and and you know if they want to have a mature conversation in the future about recognition and making sure we can reduce costs and how that could be done sure. and doing that sensibly then that's down the track. We're happy to have be constructive in that. And that's what I think Australians want. And, and this is a deeply personal decision for each one of Australians. And if they don't want to talk, it, talk about it, don't talk about it. Get your information. There's a pamphlet out there now. Make your determination. That is your democratic right. You should not be guilted into a yes or a no vote for that matter. You should, you should make this determine on your own on your own belief and your own intellect. And, and that's, that's the premise that the Nationals have taken for nearly 12 months now. And we've led the tone and the respect of the debate and we call people out who haven't been respectful and I think this is something that Australians should have a deeply personal decision about and not be afraid to vote one way or another. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. There's no two ways about it. Can I ask you this? What, what happens when it, it, and I believe it'll get no, but just say hypothetically it's a no. We're just looking crystal balling. What happens then? Is the Prime Minister's job unattainable? But I mean, the amount of money, you know, what happens to our nation who's so divided on this? Yeah, look, I don't think this is the end of the Prime Minister. I think that there'll be, 
he'll open up a front for some of his for, for some of his adversaries in the Labor Party to start uh, backgrounding against him. But mate, I suspect by by Christmas um, the voice will be forgotten and people will be more worried about their cost of living because that's exactly what's hurting people out there at the moment. This is a government for 18 months that that all that Anthony Albanese's managed to do in 18 months is divide our country and drive up your cost of living. And I suspect by Christmas time, when people are thinking about their Christmas ham and how to buy the presents for the kids and the grandkids, Agreed. they're going to be looking at their wallets and they're going to be going, something's not right here. Uh, you can't blame Vladimir Putin for everything. This actually has come from Canberra, not from Moscow. And what's Albanese done with all this? Uh, and it's not about pumping more money into the economy. That just fuels inflation. It's about pulling the levers that actually drive down inflation. And if you look at what's driving and keeping inflation up at the moment, it's your energy bill and it's your food bill. And, and they're intertwined because your food processors are paying three, sometimes four times more what they were 12, 18 months ago for the electricity. And the electricity is higher because of this reckless race to 82% renewables by 2030. We're not against renewables, uh, but you don't have to hit net zero by 2030. No, the, the target was 2050. And they wound it forward and it was ridiculous. Way and, too far. And the, the, the renewable, the push for renewables, it, 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 it's going to cause bedlam. Dave, we're going to take a break. I want to come back. Qatar is a huge issue at the moment. Um, this is David Littleproud joining us on Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. We're going to take a break, come back on Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today, Monday morning, the 4th of September. You're with Ben Dobbin across rural and regional Queensland. Yolandi Black will join us very shortly, or Yolandi Woods. Um, she'll join us very shortly um, to talk about her business, and we'll also look at, obviously, what is going on in the NRL world as we lead up towards uh, semifinals this weekend. David Littleproud is our guest this morning. David, talk to me about Qatar. It, you know, this is something that's emerging that could be a huge issue for the sheep producers. Uh, it is, mate, particularly when, when this government wants to phase out live sheep and they think that we can process them all here and send them over, which we can't because, let me tell you, they still want live sheep. They're going to take live sheep, just not from our country. But they're taking away the very course um, of transport to actually send our box meat over. So the Labor government refused uh, an application from Qatar Airlines to fly an, an additional 27 flights between Qatar and, and yeah. Europe, Qatar and Australia every week. Now, what that does is people got to understand that what sits underneath people's feet on a lot of these on a lot of these flights isn't just your bags; it's actually agricultural export goods that that are being flown over. And this is going to have a significant impact on on our agricultural industry, on our exports, because the only competition we've got at the moment is zero, really. We've got to use Qantas and Emirates. But if you bring Qatar so and So why wouldn't their- they do it? I mean, he's, Alan Joyce has been absolutely grilled in the last week, and we see a lot of the hysteria. I mean, I fly Qantas. I, I'm, hand on heart, I fly Qantas. I, do, I just do. But why, why did they knock it back? Why was the government prepared to knock it back and give Qantas this rails run? We can't. We have got no idea. And in fact, in Parliament this week, we'll be asking exactly that question because competition is a good thing, not just for tourism, for agriculture, uh, and getting our product, particularly to the Middle East, and particularly when they're going to shut down the live sheep industry and they want to send processed meat, and then they take away the very tool to be able to do it to send it to the country that needs our, our, our meat. But we, we can't understand this. 
there's some sort of sweetheart deal that's been cut here between Qantas and Anthony Albanese and Catherine King. And it doesn't make sense because we're not, uh, we're still recovering from COVID and the flights, if you bring the flights in, it's, it actually has the potential to reduce them by up to 40%. But it also gives greater domestic competition because Qatar partners with Virgin as Emirates have, have partnered with Qantas. And that's great. I've got no problems with any of them, the partnerships or either, either airline. All we're saying is there should be a, a level playing field. And particularly when you're talking about tourism and you're talking about agricultural exports, why wouldn't you increase capacity to drive down prices, to drive competition that helps our own domestic markets compete internationally? Makes there is no sense, no sense why the government's done this. There is none apart from some sort of sweetheart deal that the Labor government's cut with Qantas. Uh, and Alan Joyce is getting a $10 million bonus as he walks out the door. And in fact, we're selling flights. Uh, is alleged to have sold flights uh, that were already cancelled. And, and that, um, the ACCC are taking a very, very keen interest in. So Qantas have a lot of explaining to do, but so too does the Albanese government. Well, they, you know, in a lot of ways, they backflip last week by these flight credits. You know, they, they were going to wipe the flight credits last week. And, and what happened is you had till Christmas to use them. Well, then we got this really kind letter saying, oh, we've reviewed it. <laughs> And we're not we're not doing that anymore. Uh, I think that came after a lot of heat was put on them about uh, their behaviour, Qantas, and they're obviously in some trouble. And you're right about that. If we, if we can't get those flights in, we're in a hell of a mess. Can I just quickly talk to you? Last week we saw animals, and the ABC have been when we grew up. The ABC was where we got all our information from. You know, I listened to it every single day religiously. I used to watch it, but it's now become a punching bag for the... They just built the National Party. Uh, they built the LNP completely, the Liberal Party. And what we saw last week was undercover operators going in and filming um, live export um, and sheep on, on live export and then giving the video footage to the ABC before they went and gave it to the Department of Agriculture and Fisheries. Now, at what point do, does the government just crack them off, distance themselves completely? They're not the national broadcaster anymore, David. It is, it's almost embarrassing what's going on. Yeah, look, there's more views than news on ABC, uh, and that's that. Yeah, it goes against the very key covenant of why it was created, was to provide news to all Australians in a, in a, a non-partisan way. Uh, and unfortunately, ABC has just hit a tipping point. I, I very rarely listen to ABC radio now, but I drove from Longreach to Winton the other day. And while our local regional ABCs do pretty well in the morning, I mean, starting listening to some of the national ads that are on it is just frightening. Um, it's it's all all about minority groups rather than just giving us plain information. But you know, I, I mean, they have uh, you know they have uh, a predetermined view particularly on live sheep and as I said to and I was interviewed by the 730 report on that and I made it very clear to them that if you actually remove yourself from this market where there was leakage out of an approved uh, an improved importer of our sheep live sheep then in fact that that behavior becomes the norm Australia is the only ones that are keeping the standards internationally both in sending them there on the boats but also in the processing and so these animal activists uh, who are morally bankrupt in my mind because what they do is 
they run around the country, run around the world saying we should get out of that and, and, and then we'll lead the world by everyone leaving. They won't. Everyone will take the market and the standard will drop. But then when there is a problem, and, and there's always people that cut corners, and to think that whether it's live sheep or any other industry is nonsense. There's always someone that does, and you need to be able to police that. But what they could do if they're really serious about improving animal welfare standards and protecting animals, Animals Australia and these other activists, is actually work with authorities. And when they, when they actually identify a problem, they share it immediately with the, with the regulator so that something can happen. Rather than sit on it for months, months on end, where that behaviour could continue, where it could have been stopped. So you just think that they're morally bankrupt. And then when you get organisations like the ABC that, that run with it, um, you, you know, I, I think there is a question mark that um, future governments are going to have to question the future of the ABC. I think it should be split up, but particularly regional ABC should be allowed that they are a source of information on, on some things for us in the bush. Uh, but look, the rest of it, um, I think they've they've hit a tipping point. I think Australians, and I think it's not just me saying that. You you only have to look at their at their audiences. Um, they're going down every every year. Yeah. They're going down and down because people people don't want that shoved down their throat, and that's what the ABC has become. It's more views than news, and that's not what what the ABC I grew up with or you grew up with. And it's disappointing. It's sad, but I think if we're going to spend over a billion dollars on on an organisation like that then we either get back to core principles or we flog it off. You're dead right. David, busy week in Parliament this week. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being with us. I know how hard you're working. And, look, it's going to be a rough couple of weeks. It really is. Um, a lot is going to take place. Um, and we'll obviously we'll look at and we will look at, obviously, the voices that continues to march forward to that date in October. Thanks so much for being with us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Thanks for having me, mate. Good on you. Uh, this is uh, Rural Queensland today. That was David Littleproud. We're going to take a break, come back with more. This is Monday morning, the 4th of September on Rural Queensland today. You're with Ben Dobbin. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's Monday morning, the 4th of September across Rural Queensland today. We will talk with Chris Todd very shortly and I will, as I said, give you an update on everything that's going on with the Rugby League semi-finals taking place this weekend. Really the Broncos on Friday night. I'll talk you all through that very shortly. But what we're going to try and do on rural Queensland today over the course of the next month is really focus on businesses that are taking on the world. Businesses that are, you know, started in rural and regional Queensland, run out of rural and regional Queensland, and then have gone global. Our first guest, and I'm really honoured, she's been a friend of mine for a very, very long time, is Yolandi Wood. She joins me this morning on Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Yolandi, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Dobbo. So great to chat to you. Yeah, I, we really do go a long way back, uh, mate, don't we? <laughs> many, 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 <laughs> many years. Hey, it's, it's awesome to talk to you, and, and I've obviously spoken to you a lot off air about this, but... First off, when and did your pilot's licence, which was just, in a lot of ways, uh, outside your box and not really um, the conventional way of doing it. Most people go and get their licence when they're young, they leave school. You waited for some time and then you took up a passion which is now flying, which has become a real passion of yours. Yeah, look, I'm so thankful to have the opportunity. I've had two opportunities actually, like, Dad's been flying since he was 16 and always had a fixed wing, so, yep. you know, flying from property to property. And then he started flying helicopters, mustering cattle on his stations in the north. And 
um, yeah, so then I was just so lucky that, um, you know, I was helping mum and dad with their property and dad said, you know, do you want to get your license? And I had that, um, I was like going backwards and forwards to Toowoomba for radiation and thought, sure. oh, what am I going to do for six weeks? I oh, know, I'll get my pilot's license. So started then um, back when I was 30 and the weather was just, you know, terrible to continue. So stopped and then, you know, got the opportunity about five years ago to um, pick it up and finish it. And it's just been amazing. It's, it's life-changing. It's a, it's a, an amazing club to be a part of. And, yeah, it certainly broadens your horizons, and I'm so thankful to have the opportunity. It's about doing the hours, and, and you've done a lot of it, not taking risks. And you, I've talked to you a lot about this, and you absolutely love it. You've done some difficult flights, and you're always challenging yourself to get more professional at it and get better at it, and it's just about getting your hours up. But from it... It gave you a, and I mean, you've been successful in everything you've done um, with your family businesses, with your husband's businesses, everything you've touched, you've worked hard and, and it's grown. But from flying. We, we try. Yeah. <laughs> we try. <laughs> from flying, you have started an unbelievable business, which is going around the world. It's called Aero Heart and it is really special and it came from your passion of flying. Talk to us about that. Oh, look, it's quite exciting, you know, um, where it's, or where it's grown to, but it was just a, a thought that when I was fl- trying to learn to fly, I really wanted to buy some uh, flight gear that would, you know, look great in my aircraft. You know, I've got a beautiful plane that my father had given me. And, you know, out there in the world, all the aviation gear is designed by men for men. It's all very black and clunky and a, a bit uh, industrial, so... I set about with an industrial designer in Brisbane and created a range of uh, premium range of products for pilots and their aircraft, um, so for travellers as well. And yeah, it's exciting how it's evolved and grown. And you know, did it just prior to the pandemic, and that you know had its own challenges in itself. But yeah, I'm really proud that it's now launched in November last year, and it's slowly growing. And yeah, it's certainly not just made for our market. It's going to be a global brand, I hope, and that's where we're sort of heading. Well, you're going to be overseas later in the year um, with this, and, and it might be, you know, born in Gundawindi, where the idea came from, but y- you can run the business from Gundawindi and its reach is everywhere, and, and that's the big thing about it. You come up with some hurdles. I, I, like, I like trying to unpack these kind of things because – when you're in the bush, your back's against the wall no matter what. It doesn't matter how you go about things. It's just harder. And people who are listening today, they get it. So when you got an idea and you're like, right, we're going to go with this and you're going to get some pushback from within, but you just keep on pushing. And and people outside of Gundawindi, outside of that, they want to help. But how difficult is it to run that business from there and have you found the support from within? Look, we've always maintained you can run a business in New York from Gundawindi. We are so well located and I don't think it's an inhibition at all, to be honest. I am I feel like, yes, Arrowheart's you know, been born here and raised here. It will stay here and it will always be run from Gundawindi. So we have a cattle property here and, and it's certainly not going to take me away from here. And um, look, you know, connectivity is a huge thing. You know, we are lucky that we've... Um, you know, we've got great internet and I've got a great support network and have built a good team around me. But, you know, like, yes, I feel like we can, we don't have that many, 
issues here by living in town, um, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, more regional or rural families sure. probably would be up against it. So, yeah, but it no, doesn't, it shouldn't stop lucky. you. It shouldn't stop you. It doesn't no, stop you. It's never stopped you, Yolandi. That's the thing. No. Like, you look at Aeroheart and it's going to go global. And I'm telling I you, hope this so. is, no, it, look, it just has, <laughs> yeah. it, it has the style. And look, it's a business. And, and, you came up with that idea because you love flying and you're like, right, I want to do something. I want to have some classy gear. Your next thing there's you know, you will see. Yeah. And look, all businesses, there's always lots of naysayers. And if you just keep forging ahead and build that team around you and, and get a good support crew, then yeah, you know, the world's your oyster. I mean, yeah, just keep doing what you love doing. And, and this is, you know, with this business, the, the people I'm meeting is just phenomenal. You know, I love when I see the orders come in and, I quickly check to see where they're from and, you know, who they are. And I love all those connections that I'm making. And, yeah, it, it, it's really special. Are you seeing some of your product going overseas? Yeah, I'm only just starting to now. And, look, I think by going over in, um, to America in October for a convention and we've got a stand there, it'll be so interesting to see how it's received. And, it's you know, a bit of a trial and error, but... Um, you know, always freight's always an issue, sending sure. um, products overseas. But, you know, that there are all those challenges ahead and I'm looking forward to nutting those out and, and um, yeah, seeing where it heads. It is really worth people going and having a look because it might not be for everybody because not everybody has a plane. But the thought behind it is you can have a business wherever you are and that's what Yolandi's done. Uh, it's not her sole income, obviously, but having something like this, not only does it keep you – you know, active and you're meeting more people and you're actually going out and you're thinking learning, things. Just yeah. learning all the time. That's exactly right. Aeroheart.com.au. It's really worth going on and having a look at their website. It's phenomenal. Yolandi Woods, nothing oh. surprises me with you, mate. Nothing surprises me <laughs> at all. And I know this is going to be a success. And I just really want to highlight people that are doing amazing things in the bush. We're not just all cattlemen and cattlewomen. You know, we actually... Yeah have more to us and that's the thing and sometimes we get pigeonholed that you know well that's what we do and what you've done is you thought outside um just the livestock industry and you're growing a business on top of being a wife being a mum running a property you know it's all there a pilot you know yeah, a friend and, and you can do that four, four children and i hope it inspires them to you know to reach some new goals and and try new things and, and just keep learning yeah, awesome, awesome. Great to chat. Thanks so much uh, oh, for being thanks, with us Bill, this morning. I really appreciate all your support. You're amazing. Good on you. You're so good for the bush. We just are so lucky to have you. I love the bush, mate. Seven million <laughs> regional Queenslanders and Australians. We've got to look after them. Thanks for being with oh. us this morning. Thanks, Bobo. Good on See you. Ya. We'll take a break. Come Bye. back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Well, the rugby league season as it as it stands, is over. We now head to the semi-finals. And for the North Queensland Cowboys, it was all disappointment. That's all that they can look at. A really, really disappointing way for them to finish their year and one that no doubt that they'll be very upset. Flogged by Penrith in the last round of the competition, which would see them not make the eight. The North Queensland Cowboys are stacked. They are stacked. You have a look at their side and you want to have a look at what's going on, you really would be surprised that they're not in the eight. Reese Robson, who is obviously an origin player now as a hooker. You've got, you know, Tualangi, Jeremiah Nanai, Jason Tamalolo, Tom Dearden, 
Val Holmes, Scott Drinkwater. The list goes on and on and on and on. Chad Townsend's a premiership player, yet they weren't able to get it done this year. It's a disappointing way for them to finish and to be beaten. But the one shining light out of all of this is the Brisbane Broncos. People can say, well, Penrith are the front runner. Brisbane will take on the Melbourne Storm, 7.50 on Friday night. And make no mistakes about it, this game has everything. Brisbane are absolutely right in this hunt. If you remember, Brisbane in 2020 were the Wooden Spooners. Their coach sacked in Anthony Seabolt. Peter Gentle fills in and Kevin Walters takes over. September 30 was actually when he took over. So not even three years. We're under three years. Two years and 11 months. And in that time, Kevin Walters has turned aside. It was a complete basket case and a club that didn't have its identity. Back to the powerhouse that it once was. Players like Reese Walsh, Adam Reynolds, Ezra Mam, Pat Carrigan, Kurt Capewell, Billy Walters, Payne Haas, Tom Flegler, Selwyn Cobbo. They're Broncos' DNA. And the person that's put that DNA is Kevin Walters. So on Friday night in a major semi-final at Suncorp Stadium where there'll be 52,000 people, Brisbane get the opportunity to break a hoodoo. A hoodoo that a lot of people don't think they can do it. Remember... For 14 years at Suncorp Stadium, the Melbourne Storm have not lost to the Brisbane Broncos. Well, records are made to be broken. And I think Brisbane, this Friday night, will show their wares. I think Brisbane have what it takes to go the whole way. Yes, in a perfect world, they take on the Warriors. And the Warriors would then have to somehow navigate their way for a home semi the following week. Either way that they'll be playing in New Zealand the following week, that will be happening. And it'll be very interesting to see what exactly takes place and what transpires when that game takes place. For Brisbane, it was all about getting to the semifinals. Last year, they didn't make the top eight. Remember? They lost six in a row and fell off a cliff. Well, that's not going to happen now. 44 competition points, they finished second on the competition and it was only for and against that stopped them from winning the minor premiership. If they'd beaten Melbourne on Thursday night with a group of second stringers, they would have absolutely 100% won the minor premiership. They were without one of the best teams of the year. Did they beat Penrith in round one? Yes, were Penrith anywhere near what they were? No, they won't. But I can tell you... I can tell you that they have a real challenge on their hands and they are up for it. The knockers will always come out. They will always say, well, what's going on? Brisbane of this, Brisbane of that. But Brisbane have had a phenomenal year. Congratulations goes to the Dolphins as well. Nine wins in their first season under Wayne Bennett and what they've done for the regional Queensland has been quite unbelievable. Will they be a better side next year with Flegler and Farmworth and Avarillo and... More experience, 100%. They are not going to shy away from it. They are going to have improvement on improvement on improvement. And it's great for the game that the Dolphins are here. To have 40,000 fans there on Saturday when they won't even in contention speaks volumes. 
Brisbane and Queensland need three teams. They probably need a fourth, you know, or a fifth. The Titans had a good win over the Bulldogs. They finished their season. They're going to be very strong as well under the tutelage of Des Hasler next year. Remember, they've got the likes of Tino, Bo Firma from Dolby, uh, AJ Brimson, Philip Sami, Kieran Foran. The list goes on. Mo Fortuaker, Sam Verrills, a very, very good football team as well. So they get their coach and look, let's see what happens. There is a lot to like about rugby league here in Queensland. Another Origin Series one. And when the Broncos do well, everybody does well. So the big story is that Brisbane will take on Melbourne on, thir- on Friday night. I'm looking forward to it. I'm a part of that coverage and I know everybody will be watching. It just has this feeling. Can Brisbane get it done? Well, I think they can. I really think they can. Time, they will tell. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Chris Todd, not far away. Uh, He'll be joining us very shortly. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Monday morning, the 4th of September. Chris Todd is the General Manager of the Santa Catrudis Association and Society. Uh, SantaCatrudis.com.au. You can go to their website and the bull sales are in full swing. He joins us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Chris, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Good morning, Ben. Thank you for the uh, invite to come on your show. Mate, never has there been a more important time for breeds to shine, and the Santa Catrudis breed has been, like, it's been a stalwart in the Queensland beef herd, and the results are showing in a tough year just how important it is to stick with quality and and with breeding, and the Santa breed has always been there. Look, you want to go through tough times, and there are tough times in Queensland. It just happens. It just doesn't rain. We're right in the guts of it at the moment. But this breed seems to be strong enough that it can sustain that, and, and whereas other breeds struggle at times, and it's a it's a real shot in the arm for a lot of people to breed them because they just go, well, okay, we're doing the right thing, and the results are indicating that. Totally agree, Ben. You know, um, you know the, the breed is actually going well. I mean, if I can go back to Mr. Kleberg way back in, uh, in the King Ranch when they started this in 1872 when they, they bred monkey, um, they developed an animal, you know, for Texas and New Mexico, which is very much like Australia, dry and um, hard conditions, but they wanted to get the quality of meat, and I think you got it right. I mean, the, the mix is right, 3-8 uh, Brahman, 5-8 Shorthorn, and, um, you know, the, it is a magnificent breed. I mean, I get photos of members in the snowy mountains of cows standing in in one metre of snow, and then, I, then I'll see, you know, cattle up in the, in the, in the Gulf and um, Northern Territory and doing well, and, um, you know, it does. It can handle anything, and... I think our, our best thing is longevity. I mean, you know, our, our bulls average 10 years, our cows average 15 years of age. And, you know, the other thing that I love about them is that um, no matter what you do on a grid, you get paid on weight per age and Sam is delivered every time. They do well in feedlots, they do well on grass. There's never been a, um, a better time as well for the society. I mean, record profits, um, that's all for everybody to see. And, and membership has never been so high, which is... Speaks volumes. I mean, you've been in this job for four or five years now and it just continues to grow. And it speaks a lot of where other breeds are struggling and they're trying to reinvent themselves. This breed has just gone on and on and on and its members have spoken with their feet. Yeah, I agree. And, and I mean, you know, I think that um, that's the belief in the breed and how well it does. And if I can just go back to 1977 uh, when I joined, or joined Delgadis a year before, but I went to Risdon Salad 
Hawking Ranch and um, at Warwick, and I could not believe how massive this animal was, and it was just it just blew me away. And as I said before, in the meat business, it's um, it's wait for age, and these cattle deliver every day, and um, it's nice to see members. You know, we have some issues in the south um, in regard to you know a bit of a push from. Another breed that associated itself with a um, hamburger joint. I mean, but it's it's, yep. it's something that we've just got to keep working on. Yeah, mate. Tell me this. Um, obviously, you're, you're you're attending a lot of sales at the moment. Dunlops were on Saturday at Gindery at Proston. How did it go? And obviously, you're at Thangool today. Um, you know, there's a lot happening this week. It's a big week of Sanders. How did the Dunlop sale go? Dunlop sale went well. In actual fact, if I go back um, to the Moongana sale, which was the first sale last Wednesday yeah, in sure. Queensland. Cyril Gould, Pretty great big. result. Great result. Yeah, great, great result. You know, beautiful lot of bulls put up and um, and the you know, prices were there. You know, as you said earlier in the introduction, that um, the dry conditions and, and commercial cattle rates are back. And But, you know, people voted there and they, they bought some great bulls. And um, we went to Yugobar, um on Friday and Yugobar has a magnificent line of bulls. There a lot of younger bulls and, um, which people sort of tended to go more on the older type. Um, and the other thing in New South Wales is they don't, they don't like horns, you know, and they won't buy cattle with horns. But yep. um, but coming to Dunlops on Saturday, a great sale, well-presented cattle, you know, good genetics, and, um, you know, it went accordingly. I mean, it was a solid sale. You get a high of 47, and, um, you know, to average, uh, you know, $12,500, I think it was great. And um, the cattle went everywhere. That's that's the thing. I mean, you know, you can look at Mungana and look at uh, Yugobar. They had high high bulls of eighty thousand, but it's the consistency of cattle put up by Dunlop that um, that shone through on Saturday. Yeah, and we, we've spoken we've spoken to Scott before. I mean, it, it it's consistency in their cow herd as well. It's what they do. Um, they absolutely um, and and well done to them. You know, they've they've had another very consistent sale. How are the the, the general Consensus. This job's come back, Chris. We we understand mm. that. Um, but I, I've been saying this for a month. That you, you know, the bulls you buy now, you won't see the results for two years. So, and we'll be out of this in two years' time. And that's you, you've got to have a bit of a futuristic sort of view about it in, in, in a lot of ways. How are the vendors handling? There's definitely a reduction in price, and some sales just aren't going. Is everybody understanding the situation they're in, or? Is there a little bit of that? Well, we need to we need to continue. We should be getting what we're getting last year, as such. Well, I think I think um, you know going back to cattle slump in seventy four, five, six, seven, and, and a little bit of eight. I mean, we saw what happened there when England went into the EU and we lost that market. And, and Australian resilience came out and found better you know more better markets in America, Japan, South Korea, and will continue to grow with that. Um, you know, plus the importance of the live export industry too. I mean that's a million cattle go out every year to live export, and it's a very important part of our business. But I think that, um, you know, when, when it happened last year, a lot of the oldies like myself and a few ones said, well, it's never going to last. And um, But again, another perfect storm. You know, we've got drought. Um, our cattle herd has grown. You know, the, the dollar's pretty stable where it is around, the, you know, mid-60s and maybe a little bit over that. But it's, um, it's the processes can't get staff to kill the cattle, and that's the issue. You know, yeah. I think if we... If we had the staff there, then they could kill a lot more cattle. And right now, there's a waiting list on most work. So, you know, they've got a business to run. I was in processing and understand where they're coming from. Um, you go to the US with a massive drought there, and um, you know, cattle numbers are down, and their meat market's very strong. So, it does all go well. I agree, it won't last. Nothing ever does. It's just, you know, it's down right now. Um, it's sad to see. You know, steers back 55% on on the high last year, and females are nearly up to 70%. Unbelievable. But, 
we just got to we just just got to roll through, and um, you know, good bulls will sell, and people have got to continue to look at the future and um, and and plan long. Don't you know? As you said, it's a it's a dry country, and you know, we'll get droughts again, and and hopefully we don't have another one coming. And um, you know, we'll also see higher cattle prices, and it's something you just got to work with. The, the most thing people got to remember is that the world is growing, and they want food, and beef is the best protein you can get. So. I, I think it all was well in the long term and, um, you know, just people are going to stick with it. Yes, it's, it's low right now, but you put up good bulls, they will sell. Yeah, very valid point. Chris, I know you, you, you're a very, very proud cattleman and, and, and a very unbelievably loyal to, to the industry. You've been there and a big part of it in all different facets, as you said. Best of luck for the remainder of the bull selling season with the Santa Catrice. The breed is doing unbelievable and Dunlop's had a fantastic sale. You're at Cree today, is that right? Is that where you're heading? Yeah, Cree, Cree's today, Dawson Valley, uh, tomorrow Dangerfield and then Heartland at Roma. And we continue on, there's 21 more sales in Queensland and then uh, we've got three in October and then it finishes on the 17th at uh, Blackhall. Yeah, huge, huge. Really mm. appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. No uh, SantaCatrudis.com.au. Chris Todd joining us, the boss of the Santa Catrudis Association. We'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland Today. Well, that's it from us here on Monday morning, the 4th of September on Rural Queensland Today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back tomorrow morning from 9am. Spotify is where you'll catch it. Um, go and get all the latest episodes. It's all there. Ray Hadley to join you next. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can always go to dobbo at ruralqueenslandqldtoday.com.au. Dobbo at ruralqldtoday.com.au. That is my email. Please, if you've got something going on in your neck of the woods, dobbo at ruralqldtoday.com.au. I've got a new email. It happened uh, over the weekend, and that's it. So have a great day. Remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We're back tomorrow morning from 9. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Till next time, it's bye for now.